architects think their job is to build buildings that's not true your job is to make a better place for society you never have one client in architecture you also have the society as a hidden client my name is manish paul simon and you're listening to the arc gyan podcast india's first and very own architecture podcast this is episode number 12 with naresh narasimhan hey guys welcome to yet another episode of the arc gyan podcast on this episode i go in depth with a renowned architect from india mr naresh narasimhan is the ceo and principal of Venkata Ramanan Associates also known as the VA group based in Bangalore the VA group was founded almost 50 years ago and has grown from a small firm of 19 to almost 200 plus architects and designers they gained reputation early on for their work in real estate and scientific institutions and now cater to india's largest corporates and fortune 500 companies some of their most famous works are Infosys Konark in Bhubaneswar, Lupin R&D Center in Pune, Brigade Gateway in Bangalore, Nirlon Knowledge Park in Mumbai, and the list is endless. Their works span all across India and they have garnered various national and international awards. On this episode, Naresh shares his journey in architecture from studying bachelors in Manipal back in the 80s to later joining his father on the VA group He shares various views and insights on drafting, CAD, building information modeling, smart cities, architectural education, the importance of an architect to give back to society, and a lot, lot more. This episode is jam-packed with a lot of useful information, and you will get all the show notes and links on achgyan.com slash 12. Also guys, please do leave us a rating and review on iTunes, which goes a long way to help the Achgyan podcast grow. Now, without further ado, we have with us Naresh Narasimhan. All right, so so let let's get right to the meat of it. Um, how did you get into architecture? Was it something you always wanted to do as a kid? No, that's a more complicated story than that. My, as you know, my father, Mr. P. K. Venkatraman, one of the earliest architects in Bangalore. Yes. We complete fifty years this year. Oh wow! Okay, okay so nineteen sixty-nine. Rajat's our day. This November first, this company was founded. So I've always been exposed to architecture as a kid. My my mother, who is no more with us, had great taste and always kept the house in a. I mean, we were always exposed to design as children. But curiously, I got more into that uh, IIT mode okay. as I got older. and then thought i'll study engineering and then i didn't really had a feel for that so i said i'll study physics okay. i actually went and studied uh, physics chemistry maths in a degree college for a couple of years before i did architecture so yeah i used to love science and technology mm-hmm. but somehow i hit a wall when it came to uh, advanced mathematics <laughs> i uh, simply and you realize after some at some point that when the singularity comes it's all mathematics everything con- all other forms of science converge to maths absolutely right at some point it's all maths in the head at that time i was studying in a college and i 
used to go to my father's office, which was close by, for lunch. Just to and there I started looking at magazines, talking to the people there. And that was quite a large office even then. There were about 20-odd people even then. You know, In the 80s? The early 80s, late 70s, all that. Okay. And slowly it looked more and more interesting. And then after that, I hit a wall in maths in second year. Okay. I switched to architecture. I said, let's give it a go. And I found that um, I have a natural sort of affinity to it. I mean, I, I like history. Mm-hmm. And many things that I liked. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe if I'd gone and joined history, economics... Or maybe even anthropology would have been equally interested. But architecture is an unusual combination of Mm. lots of things, right? You have to know, like, you have to be a jack of all trades and master of some. You can't be master of one, right? So you have to know everything. And you have to be good at a few of those things, at least, to be a good architect. So it sort of ticked all the boxes, you can call it like that, I continued, I went to Manipal. Yeah, So how, were you, how was your experience studying in Manipal back in the day? Manipal was very new at that time. I was also a third batch like you uh, of that at that time. It's a very old college now. It started in, I think the first batch was 81 or 82 or something. So it's quite some time now, 35 years plus. And uh, the person who had set it up, there was a, actually a very interesting staff there at that time, the teaching faculty. And somebody had set up an extraordinary library. I don't know who had done it, I never found out. Put 300 books, and every single one of them was readable. Okay. And I, I read them all in the first year. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Compared to Cosmopolitan Bangalore, which was rocking at that time, Manipal was a desert. There was nothing to do there other than go to college. So I spent all my time reading. Oh, wow. okay. So it's quite hot and humid also. You can't just walk around either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Very similar, I suppose. Yeah, and then I got fascinated by it, sucked into it, and uh, the batch which came after us also was very um, uh, talented. Mm-hmm. My wife is from that batch, by the way. So we met in college. And it was a interesting inflection point also because the early 80s was there was some new hope in India beyond Bog at one Wimbledon you know, remember all that it was a time of a little bit of a um, some sort of design optimism that something is changing and it was a good time. Awesome. So you came back from Manipal and no 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 I came I didn't come back. From Manipal, I went. I said, let me understand in the product design and industrial design. So I went and joined a firm like that in oh, Pune. Okay. Which is not architecture. The product and industrial design. I wanted to learn about design in the larger... No, that's what I'm saying. The arch- architects think their job is to build buildings. Mm-hmm. It's That's not true. Mm-hmm. Your job is to make a better place for society. Because... Uh, you never have one client in architecture. You also have the society as a hidden client. Right? Like the elephant in the room. It's an elephant in the room, right? So, no. I mean, it can be as mundane as uh, public safety. You know, people don't think about how strong a handrail should be. 
or how easy it is to escape when there's a fire no it's because it's it's not just you who are going to if it's your own house it's probably your problem but yeah anything more than a house is a public building even your house should be safe yeah absolutely so the society there also so uh, i wanted to explore that and i went to pune work for uh, some chap for a little while for a product design firm Then I said, no, 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 I'm drifting away. I want to learn architecture. And then I went to Delhi and I worked for a brief while with a couple of firms there. Right. But you're still in touch uh, with your dad or doing any projects parallelly along uh, with Means your... Means what? He's the chairman of the firm. He is still here. Okay. Very much. He's the chairman. As in when you were in Pune on, and when... No, no, no. My father's practice was running at uh, good speed at that okay. time. He's built a lot of buildings before I came on the scene. It's 1969. I came only back in 1985. Delhi got too hot, and I got bored of that. And it's also a very rough city. You know, Bangalore is a much more gentle. The people are more tolerant. Delhi is very. Somehow I didn't like that, so I just left it and came back. Mm-hmm. I've been here since about May 1985. long time ago 34 years ago almost so that is when you joined your dad and uh, yeah i joined no I, i joined but i joined as the must have been the 24th or 25th employee at that time okay okay so it was already here and i was entered at the rock bottom okay i spent the next 4 5 years learning from my father what how to build in the middle i left emigrated to new zealand then that didn't work out either so i came back and rejoined oh yeah but that was about 6 months in the middle awesome. a lot of architects uh, especially since your dad is an architect uh, they kind of uh, expose their children to architecture right from childhood right yeah. so did you get that okay. kind of exposure all the time but my father or mother never told us they didn't left force it to us you. what whatever we wanted to do okay right awesome Okay, how were you in initial years working with Venkatraman Associates? Uh, what kind of projects did you... I started at the bottom. We didn't have computers. Everything was hand-drawn. And you had to draw it in pencil and then put a rotary pen and ink it. And if you made a mistake, you can't waste the paper, so you blade it. So all the initial young trainees and all were given blading tasks. Correcting, carefully remove the ink with the blade and then redraw it correctly again on that. What is the... It's called blading. What do you do now? You said delete in AutoCAD and it disappears, right? You can't do all that. And I was one of the things I'm good at is drafting. I'm not so good at drawing, but I'm very good at drafting. There's a whole ritual to it. Know how to set up a sheet and t- t- make it taut and get the parallel right and the using set squares, t squares, protractors. You do it by your hand, rather, no? It's not a computer where you click something and it happens on the screen. You you actually have to imagine the building with your hands and your eyes. I think a lot of us are missing out on. Uh, you should not lose it. It's a see one of the things we do in the more and more information fuel culture mm-hmm. is we become passive consumers of that information. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a good architect, you should always be doing something which is only your own skill. Mm-hmm. not delegatable only you can do that i mean you can't make somebody else do it for you absolutely you can it, it need not be and one of the things is drafting 
some people love painting i like acting in all that also so you can express yourself but it must be something that you must do from from your heart or something and your head you know it has to be a you should not just practice architecture you should have like a hobby or something which goes parallel it's with it's not a hobby the hobby is too low grade a word you know it's like a okay. architecture is not a hobby it's not a prof- it's not a job it's not a profession it is not it is a calling you know it's like a like the, how do i give you an example like the jesuits are called by jesus right to yeah. it's a calling it's not you know what i mean so if you treat it like that and you'll have two three other things which are also your calling you it'll call you if you can sing well maybe you can do podcasts well some talent will be there which is more than your what you're trained to do i mean trained professionally right So you did drafting for a couple of years, and then when did VA Group start transitioning? Well, then I quickly realized in the mid '80s that if you have to do scale, mm-hmm. hand drafting won't work because it, they need also the timelines are getting shorter. You know, people used to take five, six years to build a building. Mm-hmm. In the '80s and all, everybody wanted it like one and a half years, two years. They want a finished product. And you guys were doing institutional buildings back then as well. Yeah, yeah. that's my father's time, yeah. but. I when I came in the science and technology industry had gone into decline but real estate was picking up so I quickly learned how to do real estate but I was probably the I was probably the first guy in India to buy AutoCAD okay <laughs> some version 2.5 or 2.8 or something like some in 1985 or 86 We took a bank loan. We bought one computer. It existed back then, is it? AutoCAD and uh, yeah, just the initial version of it. I mean, it was. Uh, I don't know whether you yeah you're too young to know, but one of the first computer games that came was a game called Pong. Pong. We just had two paddles and a little p- like pixel. arcade machine. Yeah. Okay. But very basic. It had two paddles which you could move up and down in a yeah. thing which went on back and forth. Like AutoCAD was slightly better than Pong. <laughs> it was very basic, but it already had. And then I think around eighty six or eighty seven, there was a release called Release Ten mm-hmm. of that product. Mm-hmm. That was the killer because that had, that was powerful because by the time the computers also had become 80 it was no longer xt and mm-hmm. pc and all that it already got gone to a you know moore's law right the every year the power of the processor will double and the cost will halve so the computers become cheaper and faster at the same time and it could take off this thing one of the first buildings in bangalore large scale buildings built is still in very good shape i used that was the thing which we first used computers at to win a job at high speed oh wow which project is this it's called it's it's called d embassy behind uh, all india radio on aliaskar road right right it's one of the first uh, dupla it was the first thing away from a See, real estate also goes through a cycle in a city. Mm-hmm. First, there'll be tenements, mm-hmm. then there'll be flats, and then there'll be apartments, mm-hmm. uh, and then there'll be lifestyle, and then there'll be beyond lifestyle. There'll be like more niche kind of thing. 
This was the first one in the late 80s, you know, this uh, embassy group. Right. So that uh, was also when they were starting off or something, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think Jit, Jitu Rani was 21 or 22 and I was okay. 25 or 26 years old, that's all. We were quite young. Okay. We came up with this and it was the first lifestyle product of Bangalore in the sense that it became duplexes, triplexes, split levels. It had a landscape idea. It had a uh, clubhouse. It, it had all those things that you take for granted, but it was the very first one. And that we used compute because, you see, in AutoCAD, uh, it has a marvelous ability. Like apartments have to have, typically will have bilateral or uh, uh, what do you call it? All there'll be symmetrical layouts around the core. Correct, correct. Right, those days. So now, mirroring and all that. Mirroring, inversing, copying, rotating, rotating. Those are all impossible to do with a, a pencil or ink-based manual drawing. Right, that was the and release ten could do it on the fly in the sense that you do it and it happens. There's no processing time. Right. So you've seen the whole transition of technology to what it's become now, yeah, right? Yeah, now yeah. it's uh, b building information modeling. Yeah, and yeah, man, much things have gone out of hand. Anyway, yeah, the software right now is ahead of the industry rather than the other way around. Yeah, so, so all that, and then we used. Uh, then we also started doing a lot of um, other kinds of projects. In the sense that, and then my father, in the mid '90s or so, uh, said that you know asked me to uh, lead it to some extent and then from then on it's going on that's all right so so when you started off you were in your 30s uh, mid 20s when you started leading the firm as well no no early 30s okay so uh, also since you were one of the f uh, first firms in Bangalore uh, you had that added advantage of getting a lot of projects right but apart from that, how did you land the bigger ones and uh, how did you scale up to what VA Group has become right now? 99% luck okay. and 1% know, to knowing when luck knocks on the door. That's, that's all it is. It's, it's, uh, most people don't know how to open the door when there's an opportunity. So it's also window. about taking a lot of risks and all that. No, no, it's also about keeping in touch with what's going on. No? There's a... <laughs> in some sense we I mean we should have patented it or something but we really built the first software park in India right that's Infosys oh, wow. 96, 97 so to also to sort of what do you call it to see the trend before almost before it happens yeah. and then position ourselves correctly in that so that we are visible see architects cannot sell they cannot advertise they cannot the only thing that uh, speaks for you is uh, your own brand, which is, and your brand, you don't, your brand is not your logo or what you call yourself. Your brand is your building, your, is your project. And as long as you can showcase that in some way, nowadays it's easy with so internet and all that, but earlier probably it was more like a, you send a polite mail to somebody saying, or polite letter with a photograph. And people, I think the clients also are having the same issue that we have. How to find you? Mm -hmm. Just like you, you are asking how to find them. Mm -hmm. They have the same problem, right on the other side. 
So there you have to find a way to, um, how do you put it? You have the f- your entity has to become slightly famous. That everything that you do must become like a benchmark. Then the client and the people who use it will talk about it. Takes time. And by reputation, the, we never go out and sell and market. And we didn't even have a proper website till about a couple of years back. Okay. So. But now all those things are changing, right? Because competition the, is increasing. That's yeah. good because. There are not enough architect, good architects in India. I'm, and good, I don't mean subjectively good. I'm saying objectively capable of building a competent building, mm-hmm. which conforms to code, which uh, is, I mean, is great design, of course, to start with. And but a lot of young architects coming up. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's becoming. I'm start. Yeah, the people who come out of colleges now, they need almost a year of unlearning before they are any use to us. You know, that's unfortunate. The education system is the education syllabus hasn't been updated in many years. It's time to do that. Absolutely. All right, sir. So. Uh, what are your goals or visions for VA Group? Like, the world is changing by the minute, right? So, how do you see yourself going in the future? No, we we just got started. <laughs> right. this, this India is going to build a lot in the next few years, and we are like, how do you call it? We are we are we are not in every sector of the economy. We are in four or five sectors, and um, main ones and about. For three minor sectors. So, what are the sectors? We are like science and technology, uh, real estate, and uh, in the end, everything is real estate. So, real estate is a big picture, and then we are also into industry, and also into now slowly into hospitality, into, um, and the last bit is. We're still doing it pro bono, but at some point we will, uh, when cities in India wake up, we will do urban design. Okay, great. Yeah, you guys did the Church Street. Yeah, uh, yeah. So at last, day first day was one year anniversary. So not bad, right? So it's still looking, nobody touched it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a minor issue, but it got resolved quickly. It's still a pedestrian-friendly... Uh, Extremely. It's the only street in Bangalore where you can walk from one end to the other with your head looking up. <laughs> Think about it. Every other pedestrian footpath in Bangalore, you look down. Only on Tender Shore, you can. And on Church Street, it's designed so that there is no obstruction at all. Mm-hmm. From one end, it's a two meter clear, almost all the way through, minimum. So this shows the importance of architects uh, partnering with governments on PPP projects. That's true. So More people should do it, but it's not easy. Because governments, they they themselves uh, save on money by hiring their own uh, contractors and architects and building double buildings, right? So how do you how do we as architects intervene and help the? No, no. Right now we do it pro bono. Okay. I feel all architects should um, devote five percent of their revenues, their fees, mm-hmm. and do try to do one project for the city every year. Five percent, yeah, I think anybody can afford, no. Five percent of revenues, not profits. Just say that. Let's me let me spend it. This city has given us everything. Don't you think all of us should give back something to the city? Absolutely. 
right i mean uh, you can crib about traffic and you can crib about air pollution and you, these are all real problems and need fixing but all that is also in some weird way the source of your current status in life and the opportunities and the whatever the income that you're making all that is also coming as a result of this right lot of us wonder so you have to balance economy with ecology there is has to be a and that somehow is not is, is tilting more in the favor of economy mm-hmm. at the expense of ecology have you noticed that many of the state driven i mean the government driven projects yes so but uh, like talk about smart cities i mean uh, some of them say it's a flawed model but what is your opinion on uh, no in in so because in the core, current yeah in core ideology there's nothing wrong with it okay. it's obvious I mean, you can call it smart intelligent i mean i would have preferred to have called it intelligent and inclusive cities okay smart people think is just adding a layer of information on top of an existing city the interpretation is that if you can put the pothole on an app somehow the pothole will go away but the only in, in if that happens the only person who will make money is the isp or the carrier who is carrying that pothole photo digitally somewhere and it gets lodged somewhere and nothing happens to the pothole so it has to be ground up that's all it's rather than the um, top down so i'm i'm, I'm a, what do you call it and the smart city thing uh, there is some projects in bangalore now close to about couple 2000 crore going to be executed under that oh wow yeah. so nobody has actually spoken about it but it's already sanctioned let's see all right so uh, apart from the va group and uh, being an architect you're also into different other ventures like uh, the mod institute next bangalore uh, how yeah. important is it as an architect to also not practice architecture but get into some different kind of ventures which help the no it's not really different it's related in the okay. sense that it's part of our um, csr agenda also okay so it's quite big now we is we have a csr budget so Oh wow okay so we have to spend it by law it's a so law so you that have like annual report and uh, no we have to spend that much that's the law of the government we have oh, to spend okay, 2% okay, right, of right. profits on we spend more than that i'm saying you should spend 5% okay by law you're supposed to spend 2% of your profit on community so i mean corporate social responsibility it's called so i call it community social responsibility even better so and if we see you have to understand that you do you are not writing on bangalore whatever you do now as a clean slate it's not tabula rasa mm-hmm. right it's a tabula muddled up it's not like a uh, it's more like a scroll on which you write more there's a english word for it called palimpsest which means a scroll on which you write repeatedly over and over when you do that you have to know history you know you have to know where we came from we have to know logically where we are going mm-hmm. there has to be some kind of tatwas as to how you look at the city like air quality or mobility or all these are is there in our indian uh, thinking framework yes you have to apply all that and look at it carefully but what is happening is that one side one aspect of it is getting highlighted which is only mobility mm-hmm. but nobody is looking at say the rising air pollution absolutely right rising air pollution will probably there's no point rushing about from place to place if the air is going to kill you 
mm-hmm. which is what has happened to Delhi. Delhi, they have excellent uh, road systems, but the pollution level is only increasing because more and more people are buying cars. They're getting encouraged to. Yeah. So it has the reverse effect of what was intended. So how? What do you propose as solution for uh, curbing? There's no one solution. There are many solutions. It's not that many Western cities have also gone through problems like us, mm-hmm. polluted waterways and stinking lakes and. on we only we only we have lakes that catch fire but it's a unique worldwide phenomenon but um, is it just a phase that every developing nation goes through or uh, is it just that we are no, particularly a, asia this has been the experience even in china but china has now got its act together <laughs> they have started you know really cleaning up it's not rockets we can put people, you know the uh, mangalyaan went was designed and made in bangalore and it went to mars yeah. if you can do that in bangalore you think we can't fix our lakes and uh, storm water drains and bad quality roads of course we can but there is an entrance system which is resistant to change i am not saying they don't change at all look at the the tendershur roads are good quality and church street is even, even like a what do you call it one step more than its tender shoe principles but it's it's also designed with a lot of pedestrian orientation in mind not mm, just yes. vehicles i think we need more of pedestrian roads yeah, of course but it will change slowly but if all architects start taking one project in their neighborhood or in the city mm-hmm. and it need, it need not be a physical project it can also be some research mm-hmm. you know what i mean like or it can be a lake rejuvenation whatever it like they say in america whatever floats your boat and spend 5% of their revenues what they earn from work or 5% of their revenues or profits saying that i'm going to put two people dedicated on this and somehow i'm going to make this happen with a local community i think the city will there are lots of architects in bangalore right 4000 i think yes or 5000 maybe so imagine 5000 parts of the city will change and that will create a bubble effect and a balloon effect and slowly the city might change right awesome but uh, not many architects are doing that right compared to what uh, we, i mean va group is obviously doing it but how yeah but that's a decision of the individual architect no i mean it can be quite selfish also don't you all want to live in bangalore uh, for a long time to come it's only in your interest to make the environment better yes in the long term so it's a little selfish also if you look at it like that so you should do it for your own good Yeah, absolutely. Sir. All right. Coming back to architecture, you you spoke about AutoCAD and the initial versions, and now we have something called Revit, which is transforming the landscape mm. and fabric of. Revit is one kind of BIM software. There are many BIM yeah, softwares. Yeah, MicroStation as well. Many of them. But uh, yeah, the main topic is BIM. So how do you see BIM transforming the way we practice architecture? No, sir. I said BIM is already ahead of the construction practices of the industry. The construction industry is not literate enough to understand beam yet mm-hmm. architects have just started getting the plot now mm-hmm. okay and since it's not a since it's an expert system it's not a representational software in autocad if you draw a line mm-hmm. that line could be a brick wall that line could be concrete that line could be glass the software doesn't know what is it knows it as a line but bim you cannot do that you have to say what is that line yeah. the software already knows that you are drawing glass at glass pane 
and it's drawing it in you have to do it you're drawing it in 3d so extra information so it's taking time but now i think we are more um, but we, we see that as the future and slowly we are transitioning into that right also what's your take on other technologies like vr and augmented reality yeah, we have just we have, uh, i love technology okay i'm a what do you call it early adopter so we already have vr headsets and we have 3d printer all that stuff is already passe now we, okay. <laughs> we have to go into next thing what we are trying to do is build more on see vr is a little disorienting mm-hmm. when you wear that i mean the, the outside world disappears so some clients don't like it okay so what we are trying to develop is an intermediary technology called ar which is augmented reality mm-hmm. that is you wear a pair of glasses but you can still see the you can choose the level of opacity of the rest the environment so it doesn't feel so disorienting what is you need to combination of the both of them right all right so uh, and um, now a lot of architects yeah, young architecture students i mean a lot of people getting to architecture right so what advice do you have for young architects uh, coming up in india first don't start your own practice <laughs> you don't know nothing okay that's a big mistake most architects i find have already started their own practice in fourth year they would have been doing their aunties boutique or some father's friends house and all this don't do all that mm-hmm. typically in foreign countries after you finish five years or four years i think you get what is called you you can call yourself an intern for three more years it varies between two and three years more at four years you have to write an exam mm-hmm. okay then only you can call yourself an architectural intern and you have to go and work in a firm which is more than 20 people oh okay okay i don't know whether it's feasible in india but in britain i think that's the law uh, royal institute of british architecture after you do uh, so part 2 is when you become an intern then you have to do part 3 after two or three years i'm not sure you have to attend a viva voce and speak about what you did in that office and also the quiz is a viva it's an you have to face a panel and answer questions on structures uh, construction all that stuff so and in a way the council also is very important right yeah only when you get series part 3 you pass you can call yourself an architect so there's a lot of years uh, yeah. involved and in every 5 years you have to write a licensing exam oh wow or something like that so but why is that not there in india like council so, of architectures are doing their job but how can they better improve no, they have to introduce this at the maybe the course should be anyway what is happening is most courses are four years and one year of training mm-hmm. so they should say four years exam finish mm-hmm. including a Tra- thesis training must be three years and in not more than two firms okay within two you can they can, they can switch a job once okay or some there are some strict rules like that so when the guy comes out after that 6 or 7 years just like a doctor right? a doctor also goes through 9 years i think mm-hmm. before they can become the before they become a specialist in something you learn from your peers you learn from your mentors you learn from your bigger firms and you can choose your direction you can choose to say small after that when you start you say no i don't want to do all this big stuff i want to do only eco friendly bamboo homes that's your choice but if you somebody has to build a big building some people like doing that 
I like complexity. I get bored by simple stuff, so it's fun to solve big problems, no? I mean, and yeah, absolutely. But uh, solving big problems, also incorporating sustainability, is a big uh, challenge. That is hygiene factor. Every building has to be ultra green building now. That's it. <laughs> you can't not build a. That's a hygiene factor. It's no longer a debate. I mean, it's not sub- open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. And uh, what are your uh, last thoughts on where VA Group is headed? What is your uh, visions for VA Group? No, I think we should. Um, uh, what do you call it? I want to uh, see how we can. We have already a very vast breadth of uh, work to speak of. We will seek to deepen it and also try to get involved a little more in urban design projects in the city. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of theory, a lot of masters in urban design in Bangalore who are more theoretical mm-hmm. and who don't understand how to actually do it on the ground. And I think it's important to uh, further the cause of urban design in India and in Bangalore, at least, we have a unique op. We have great weather. So we really need more public spaces, well-designed public spaces that... Um, and we will go in that direction. But in the existing sectors, we just have to deepen our breadth, um, deepen our uh, portfolio. And that's, that's happening anyway. All right. So I think uh, that should be good enough for our first uh, series of talking Thank with you. you, sir. Thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, what is the best way our listeners could get in touch with you or your office? Um, the office is fairly simple. It's va at vagroup.com. And um, I'm on Twitter, N. Narasimhan. So. All right, sir. Thanks a lot again. We mm-hmm. hope to have you in the future as well, where we could discuss further topics on architecture. Thanks a lot for doing this. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. So that was the 12th episode of the Arkyan podcast with Naresh Narasimhan. I hope you liked the episode. If you did, please do leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. You will get all the show notes and links that Naresh spoke about on arkyan.com slash 12. And also, if you would like to come on our show, please do send us a mail to manish at arkyan.com. We would love to have you guys on our show and discuss a lot more on architecture. With that, I would like to sign off. This is your host, Manish Paul Simon. Bye-bye.